knew our stuff wasn't right, but we really respected Herbie a lot and we didn't want to seem ungrateful. But Lewis Burrell came to Pep and broke down, you know, the point systems. Like it was 12 points. Herbie was getting six and me and Pep was splitting three, you know. And when we realized that we could change our contract, you know, as his woman, I was nervous, but I trusted that Pep had my back. We went in there arm in arm, like, yo, this got to change, <laughs> yeah. you know? And Herbie kind of saw that a little bit as a betrayal of, of some sort. But it was just us trying to get what we were worth. This is Nas. You're now listening to The Bridge, 50 Years of Hip Hop. This is your co-host, Minya O, a.k.a. Miss Info. As their songs smashed charts and genres, salt and Peppa took female MCs to new levels. But as much as salt and Peppa were always leading the way with songs about sexuality and empowered choice, they revealed to Nas and I that their biggest obstacles were often personal ones, and it took breaking some relationships to find true independence. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Had it all skills, personality, and sex appeal. During the golden era of hip hop, Salt and Pepper set the standard for female artists. Their stage presence, confidence, and talent inspired a whole generation. And as the first female rap group to go platinum, they let the mainstream know that women could be counted amongst the best in hip hop. Decades later, timeless classics like Push It still get people hyped, whether it be streaming in somebody's car or a blasting on the radio or some major sporting event. Salt and Pepper is still here and still in effect. Queens from Queens in Brooklyn, too. God, y'all are so... Uh... Hello, Miss Info. Thank you for being <laughs> here. When I first heard you guys, I heard Showstopper, and I said, oh, wait a minute, what's happening? <laughs> and I said, how is how are they going to continue because Dougie and them is, you know, they're getting at the dudes. <laughs> And that's what the that's what the climate was. It was very, very, very competitive, very blood sport, you know. So yeah, yeah. It, this was your first record, right? Yeah, and have to definitely start off by giving homage to Herbie. Herbie was definitely the genius behind the whole vision for Salt and Pepper. So always give him his love, but. 
Um, he wanted to start a group. I was in college. I was not going to class. I didn't know what I was doing. I barely graduated from high school. And then nobody told me even what college was about. I went up there and signed up myself and figured out all my, what do you call it, the FAFAs or AFAs or whatever to get your money to go to school. <laughs> and when I got there, I was like, dang, I got I to do algebra again? Like, dang, I didn't get algebra in high school. <laughs> I ended up hanging out in the lunchroom at Queensboro College, like not going to class. Like sometimes I would wait on the corner till my parents went to work and then go back in the house. So it was like I had zero direction, wow. no plan. But Herbie was my boyfriend at the time, and I used to be there when Herbie was going through crates and he was getting his drum machines and he was always excited about music. So I was always absorbing and watching what he did. And it was like, at some point, I was like, this is like the only thing that would ever excite me. So when we, when the first time I got on the mic, I remember I was like, this is it. No plan B for me. It's almost like becoming salt of salt and pepper for myself made me feel alive. You know, it made me feel like somebody because I'm an introvert. And so I just grabbed onto it and made it like my destiny. I, to me, this was going to happen. Period. This is not a surprise to me. And without going back before the showstopper, the idea was to diss one of the big dogs. And that's how you got your foot in the door. And we were kind of um, doing it the way that Roxanne, mm -hmm. Shantae did it. She was our role model. She was the one that was like, okay, if you're a woman in hip hop, the way that you get recognized is you go after a man, a man that's doing it, right. like Slick Rick and Dougie Fresh. So it was a lot of nerve, but we knew it was going to make some noise, and we were scared. <laughs> we did not want to <laughs> run right. into them at the club because we didn't know yeah. what was going to happen. Wait, wait, did y'all? Did y'all ever run into them? Yes. I just remember, actually, like Salt was saying, I just remember, like, saying, Herbie, Dougie, Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick. I was like, nah, are you crazy? So... The funny thing is when I did run into them, we was waiting for them for a diss track. I just knew they was going, Slick Rick was going to get at us, boy. I was just listening. I was like, okay, it's coming out, coming out. And I guess Dougie was like, nah. He told Slick, uh, let him live, let him live, dog, let him live. <laughs> he let us live. <laughs> so the first label was Next Plateau, right? Pop Art. Pop Art. We still want our money from Pop Art. Showstopper. <laughs> Showstopper was on Pop Art. We ain't see a dime, nor them, ever since. <laughs> Damn. But Pop Art did quite a few songs, yeah. Next was Next Plateau and Eddie O'Loughlin. Okay. So Next Plateau, yeah. the greatest thing about Next Plateau for us is that even though we did the showstopper and it was a success because we was working at Sears Roebuck, we was going to school and we was traveling to D.C., Philly, all over the place um, when the showstopper hit. With Herbie. But the end, with Herbie and the Dotson. Um, <laughs> right. Love when, <laughs> when the showstopper hit, that was kind of like the end of it because, you know, we weren't doing another song with Pop Art and, and we went up to Next Plateau and spoke to Eddie and he he heard something, you know, and he saw something. And he gave us, I don't remember exactly how much, but it definitely wasn't enough to make a whole album. But we was like, we'll take it, you know, and we went to Green Street <laughs> Studios and practically lived oh, wow. there, slept there, 
got that first album done, Hot, Cool, and Vicious. Um, that's that's where my mic sound nice, Tramp, I'll Take Your Man, Push It, you know. And then when Push It hit, that was a song that pushed our first album to go platinum and give us international success. So from there, it just, it was like a train ride that just kept going. But you know what? There was the recognition at the same time. But when we were getting blocked from, because we were selling just as much as platinums and, you know, as male rappers. And then we're looking at the charts and we charting, but yet we're not commanding the same interviews and, you know, getting them bombs or those stars or those checks <laughs> and making noise, you know, on your local social media, then your radio station, yep. calling us sellouts and all kinds of things. And because we were popular and that's what that meant back then, because we were popular, we were traveling overseas at that time. <laughs> you know, we were charting over there and charting in the States and charting overseas. But we kept going, though, and I knew we had something because I said, hmm. They trying to stop us and we stay focused and we just kept yeah, going. Yeah. My mic sound nice. Check, Check one. one. Ugh. This yes. had the park jams. This had the radios. This was harder than any guy record by any dude. The conversation. Yeah. Herbie obviously did both of those tracks, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. My mic sound nice was something like before that was Tramp, right? That's the oh, first video we ever oh did. Oh my God. I, Yo, and yeah, then when my Trip mic came nice out, <laughs> hold on. Now we like take us back to hold Trump. on, dog. Like you're look, young, you're young, but <clears throat> we like yo falling in love over two a ghetto Miss Americas <laughs> is in a rap group, and I say ghetto in the best way because yeah. I think rap starts in the ghetto, and yeah. but two Miss Americas on Aww. a track. You you now stop. You guys were the ones that we all wanted. We were y'all dream girls. Everybody wanted y'all. But the video was colorful and Tramp was just I mean yeah. I mean how and we shot that in Latin Quarter. Um the dancers that danced in the video. I wanna say was was it EU? Um wow. no, really? Not EU, the Not IOU EU. dancers. Okay. Duh. Yeah. We did shake your thing with EU. <laughs> yeah. yeah. IOU dancers. I, I'm, mm -hmm. I want to say school and scrap was in that video. But the great thing about doing that video is we used to hang out in Latin Quarter. Now here we are shooting a video in Latin Quarter with the dancers that we used to admire that would be in the cypher dancing at Latin Quarter. So it was like monumental for our first video ever. But the crazy thing, not only our first amazing video, but then the flip side to that uh, song was Push It. And um, that was the B single oh, to, wow. to Tramp. And um and then <laughs> a DJ ends up you know playing push it uh, and then everybody was like it took over the after that chose. you know it was yeah, so the and that chose. was a B side to Tramp yeah I bought that vinyl I bought it all Do you and push like it became the biggest hit in, yeah. in rap and um the videos was incredible and to have a career starting off like that you knew that y'all was like here to stamp it forever because I saw dudes didn't have the charisma, the look, presence. the voice, the sound, the rhymes, the beat, the presence, the clothes, the drip, which I was wearing. Um, that's like a total package thing. And to this day, I think, I think artists have to have a total package to be 
able yeah. to make that impact that that lasts forever like this. Do you think that guys were watching like all the male MCs who were used to being kind of like top dog, king of the hill? Do you think they started looking at Salt and Pepper and saying like, oh no, I, I now I have to step it up to that level of total package? What do y'all think? Did you feel the 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 ripple effect from the men in hip hop? We just was being ourselves from the way we dressed to the way we rhymed, you know, to the way we displayed ourselves in videos. It just was authentic. And thank you for the whole package um, compliment because I agree, <laughs> you know, like we came <laughs> <Sure>. determined, <laughs> we came determined to, to make this happen. And we knew what we were up against, you know, in a male dominated industry. And so we went hard. When I tell you practice, like, I don't know if rappers practice anymore, but me and Pep, we stayed practicing our shows, our verses in the studio, trying to get our voices right. I was sound yeah. right with Herbie, who was the taskmaster as well, you know, making sure that we got it right. And once again, it's the females that came before us that inspired us, like Sparky D and Shy Rock and, and Shantae. We always give her her props because she was so hard with it. And she had like zero right. fear that I could see. Right. And it was it was like, you know, when you go in, you got to go in hard. I mean, we used to go, we from Queens. You know, they slept on Queens so much, right? Yeah. So we yeah. would end up at the rooftop performing, knees shaking <laughs> at the fever, scared to death, but coming and knowing we got to come hard. And when we got that established, like with I'll Take Your Man and all those, those grassroots songs, we got our foot right. in the door that way. It just took right. off from there, the international su success and the crossover success that we love, we ain't mad at. Um, yeah, so trailblazers for sure. And and I just want to add to that question because I do also know a, a rapper, male rapper, that said after seeing our performances, they had to step they gave up, and that was Big Daddy K. I oh, wasn't wow. making a joke about, he was like, yo, I had to get my shit, I had to make my show in a good, positive way, yeah. like, because right. he saw us, and he's a performer. Right. Like, he ended up, you know, doing that split. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you inspired the splits. Like, he was like, I gotta get flexible. He not doing that no more. <laughs> oh, no, I hope not. I and hope Look, not. and we not doing this no more from pushing. Like. <laughs> We ain't going all the way down. We let the dancers <laughs> let the dancers do that. That was opening doors too. That was inspiring me in a lot of ways. And uh, the record, I remember, get up, everybody, get up, mm -hmm. and um, seeing you in different videos from Kid and Play, and just seeing you guys as like a family. It's mm -hmm. like that was a serious movement early. Well, talk you know, about the yeah. collective. Like, so you were, you guys were part of like a whole crew. Yeah, we had so many people: Sweet Tea and um, Jazzy, Jazzy Joyce, Kwame, Kid and Play, um, Salt and Pepper. Who am I missing? Dana Dane. Like oh. we always say, Herbie was like Diddy before you know the whole bad boy yeah. model he like was the model he didn't get the recognition <laughs> but he had a whole crew that i think inspired a lot of crews after yeah. that i used to look at it like with shantae she could rap and you know she didn't care what nobody thought about her she just mm -hmm. move around the neighborhood as she pleased 
And um, when it's, when you guys were doing your thing, I thought about it like a competitive thing with Molly Mall and Herbie. And I was happy that they were both from Queens. And I'm like, yo, these guys are really killing the game right yes. now. And like you said, we people from Queens would get, get slept on. So when these two was killing the game, Molly had Juice Crew, but you guys had your crew. And the joy it brought me to see you guys together in each other's videos alone and Idol Makers was right near my neighborhood, the office. And I remember we saw Herbie one day, and uh, he was cutting through the L train station. Uh -huh. And it was a bunch of us out there, and we was, was like, is that Herbie? That's, that's Herbie. Hey, yo, Herb. Herb looked and dipped. <laughs> and we chased Herb because Herb, and Herb knew that we wanted to wear his ear off with yeah. trying to get on. He, and it, I said, oh, he know where we were. Y'all chased him? We, chased, we ran after him, and we was kids. And um, and we said, where did he go? And then we, and then we saw Idol Makers mm -hmm. on Queens Plaza. We was like, oh. Put yourself in his right shoes. right here. Put yourself in his shoes. I would have did the same thing. Every, the yeah. kids were trying yeah. to get to him because yeah. he was Herbie Lovebug. Yeah. He was a star, I bro. Yeah. Yes, he was. I stand corrected, you know. too. Juice Crew definitely was first. Stand corrected on that because that was our role model. But, yeah, that sounds like Herbie. Herbie definitely would have ran. We still don't know where Herbie is. <laughs> Wait, what is Wait, what you Wait, y'all are not in, in contact. Well, let's get a let's get a T-shirt show. Where's Herbie? <laughs> Where's Herbie? Where's Herbie? No, Herbie That's ended up spending a, a lot of time in Haiti uh, for a lot of years. So I heard that. He's, he's resurfaced. Again, we've been oh, in touch okay. with him. Yeah. Pep, he gave he gave you a lot of he he was hard on you. I saw the movie like three times. He was hard on you in the beginning. I'm still traumatized. I hate the studio, Nas. Yo, when I say I hate the studio, I ain't lying. I love the stage. I love the finished product. I give it my thousand percent. But I hate the studio. Yes, I was traumatized. I probably have to see therapy still or rap therapist. <laughs> <laughs> You made it. You you pushed through, though. I yeah. did. And I, I thank him for that because the place that I was in, I chose to hang in the street. I wasn't from the street. I grew up in, you know, beautiful neighborhood and everything. But I loved the street. Like you said, the ghetto, going in the street, hip hop was in the parks, you know, turntables, setting it up. And then here I go. I was just, I never thought I would be in the business. I just love the music. I have my little one, two. I'm Sandy D from the round of wings, you know, all of that. <laughs> That's it. Herbie, you know, when I got into this business, you know, he, this was his dream, passion, hands down. Nothing was going to stop him. And so I didn't understand that then, of course. And so I'm in the studio. So first of all, I'm Jamaican. I'm pronouncing some things all the wrong way. So <laughs> said, stop pronouncing things proper. <laughs> I used to say, my rhymes proper. She'd be telling me, drop off the ER. Like, <laughs> I was in college. I'm Jamaican. And here I am coming from that to Herbie being so hard. And I was spending, when I say hours, four or five hours on a a line or, you know, and back then you had to fly. It wasn't no Pro Tools and all that slick shit. Mm -hmm. It was, you had to get it right. My hook better match the last hook. Right. <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. Theology was every, not there. It was harder back then. Wow. You can't match up and sync up your vocals as you could do now. Remember splicing? You're like, <laughs> yes. Cut, cutting the dead <laughs> <Yes>. on tape. <laughs> that was work. 
That was a lot of work. And yeah. I just remember those days vivid until I get it right. And then when I listen to those songs, I say, yeah, bitch, you did it, though. Yeah, you did it. Man, that makes sense. I was a natural. Cheryl, what? This chick is a natural. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. guys are like the most timeless and so are the outfits that was those outfits in particular the leather red white and i think gold joints um they they were made by play if i'm not mistaken or dapper dan correct play play, play designed them play designed them and dapper dan constructed them oh wow so it was a collab oh, wow oh it was a collaborative yeah, yeah. that's incredible do you, yeah. do you ever think like, oh, that also is ripe for sort of a revival? That look, those styles, bringing back those outfits. Like, you know, if you put those on a runway today, they would be snapped up. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of times when we do so many things, like our, you know, press or what do we do? That's always part of it throughout our career. It's, they're always asking about the jackets. I think fashion recognizes that. Well, I do want to ask like, you know, when you came into the game, Herbie Lovebug was really like molding the image, directing the moves that you're going to make, kind of masterminding things. At a certain point as women who are sort of coming into their own power, did you decide like, we're going to make our own decisions now? And this is what we yeah. want to do. And how hard was that transition? Um, I know for me, it was the greatest feeling for me is like when we were preparing for the very necessary album. And I know for me, my position, mm -hmm. <laughs> everything. And, um, and 
I was always in a different position for me personally. So for me, when, when it was to come up with the first single on the very necessary album, right? And, and then when I came up with the song, Shoop, right? And, and, and I was like, went to Salt. I was, yo, I got this song, you know, co-produced it, I, I wrote it. And then Salt wrote her part and then, you know, together. And then we loved it so much that we was like, yo, we feel like this song, Shoop, should be the first single. Now, mind you, Herbie always controls the, the album, what first singles go out, what second, and things like that. This was the first time that we were like, yo, we're fighting for that single we think is the best. And he had a hard time because it wasn't a Herbie single. Yeah. And we ended up having it, you know, be the first single on the Very Necessary album, which took the album over. Like, I yeah. mean, millions and platinums after platinums and the, 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 the single and the album. And it was a great feeling of knowing our worth and standing strong to how much we should be getting yep. in terms of points and how we're selling and just as you know and all of that you know yeah. learning that it was difficult mm -hmm. yeah, and for, taking it a stand was, a, was difficult because they were fighting you on it mm -hmm. yeah it was a breakaway on a lot of levels for me breaking up with my my boyfriend um and then breaking up with at some point he was kind of our manager as well as our producer i mean it was like it, it was too much, you know, so we ended up breaking away from him on different levels, many different levels. But it was important, like you said, Miss Info, to um, to just get from up under Herbie, even though he helped us, started us and all of that, but to be able to feel independent and feel good about, you know, what we're doing on our own and our own voice being heard, coming up with our own shows and ideas and so on and so forth. Ain't but so long, you know, you could stay in that position and feel okay as you get older, as you grow as an artist. Were you nervous to break away? Yeah. I was more nervous, like Louis Burrell, you know, has spoken to Pep and we knew our stuff wasn't right, but you know, we really respected Herbie a lot and we didn't want to seem ungrateful, but Louis Burrell came to Pep and broke down, you know, the point systems, like it was 12 points, right? Herbie was getting six and me and Pep was splitting three, you know, plus he was getting, yeah. like it was crazy. and it. For years, and when we realized that we could change our contract, you know, as his woman, I was nervous, but I trusted Louis Burrell is smart, you know, and I trusted that Pep had my back. You know, I wasn't going to be the one doing all the talking, but we went in there arm in arm, like, yo, this got to change, <laughs> yeah. you know? And Herbie kind of saw that a little bit as a betrayal of, of some sort. But it was just us trying to you know, get what we were worth. Wow. Because I just want to add, they were actually telling when we were trying to find out uh, about these points, managers then, they would say, only Michael Jackson get those kind of points. Yeah, and so we thinking, oh <laughs> shit, we ain't Michael Jackson, so who out there is trying to get them points? <laughs> you yeah. know, so this is the mind game. I swear that was literally told to me. Like, so that was what it was in the beginning. 
And that's when, like she said, Louis Burrell was like, hell no, this is what you were. You selling this? You selling that? And, you know, right. he, he broke it down. And then it was like, okay. And he said, they're going to tell you this. They're going to tell you that. And you go in it. And I was, I literally was writing this down. Like, literally, this is real wow. talk. And then right. I was like, remembering this because they were going to tell me all of this stuff. Tell us all this stuff. We have to stay strong and believe what, you know, what we're worth and what we're selling out there. So it was a good move. And it was it's like obvious, being these so. super duper stars, but then suddenly having to relearn the structure of everything that you're already in. And you're already you're, you're already the biggest thing moving. But Let's talk about that, sex. What a yeah, man. You have to mm-hmm. analyze like, well, what's the business behind this? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as a as a as a well, as a female fan, I think that it was also so important to hear the progression of the music too, because we right. were already in love with you. But now we're hearing about sex, safety, health, um, even what a man is like owning womanhood and making choices, not just being chosen. And it was just like such a important part of like kind of being raised as a woman is listening to to your music yeah it was always important to us to 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 not only just do music to dance to but you know to say what's on your mind and try to be some sort of voice contribution you know to your fans and the people that look up to you um let's talk about sex um was something that we turned into let's talk about aids and did this special with peter jennings i rewrote the song made it like a psa and it was at a time when nobody wanted to touch that subject right because especially in hip-hop you know because it was associated with you know um drug use and it was associated with yes exactly Mm -hmm. and so me and pep was like listen we were alarmed (laughs) like we're in this community you know too and it's important that people understand how you get it how you spread it because it was so much misinformation and still is Mm -hmm. out there so we took that on with um and celebrated to this day for for doing that. What tours were you guys on that was like a real challenge? Because I'm a a big fan of the game and uh, had your pictures up and everything. Like, were there any tours that you were on that really challenged you or that you really enjoyed in the 80s? Wipeout tour. That was our first tour. With the Fat Boys. (laughs) Yes. With the fat yes. boys. Did you get to go yes. to that show, Nas? I didn't get to go. Because this is the thing. Nas is always remembering all these, like, oh, there was a tour that I wish that I could have gotten into, <laughs> yeah. but I couldn't get into. The Victory Tour, Michael Jackson, <laughs> all the Fresh Fresh, fresh tours fest. and all that. So tell us, like, what was that like or what was... Uh, tougher than leather. <laughs> tougher than leather. But white that one. That me was dope. Too. That inspired me. Mm-hmm. What's that? Was that, that was Run DMC, of Run course. DMC. Yeah. Run DMC. Run mm-hmm. DMC. Was, was it Slick? Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. Was it ever like a clash of personalities? Like, did you have tour problems? Was fat, there like... Well, with Fat Boys? Yeah, probably not, Well, I know right? Pep, you was dating, rest in peace, Marky <laughs> D. Yes. Um, yes. While you guys were on the tour? <laughs> While he was on the tour. Oh, Lord, that's messy. <laughs> I know, I, but I was with him before I got the we got the deal. How'd you meet the brother? You guys were just in a music scene, like an underground music scene, and y'all met? It was the real deal. I was at the Crush Groove 
premiere party. So right. you remember everybody was in that movie. So the Fat Boys yeah. was in there. That was the yeah. Run DMC, LL Cool J and all yes. that. Yeah. And um, I was at the premiere and I was literally sick. I was literally, but I was going to that premiere. <laughs> so <laughs> you had like a cold or a terrible stomach flu. Yeah, but you were like... <laughs> it was a regular cold back there, yeah. you know. And so Marquis came up. He was like, oh, you peppin'? And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, sneeze. He said, oh, you got a cold? I said, yeah. He literally sent somebody to the store. They came back and had some cough medicine for me inside the party. And he, he said, you know, you know, I'm getting some cough medicine. Take care of that, you know. I was like, no, thank you. Gentlemen. And then, gentleman and then later yeah. he said, you know, you know, maybe we could go out or something, you know, just like, yeah, you know. And I was like, he was so confident and everything. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I gave the number. Next thing I know, we live together. <laughs> wow. And then on tour together. And on tour together. But he, yeah, so we had, he introduced me to all the rappers back then. I was meeting all the Houdinis through him and everybody, you know, I'm looking up to too, coming in the business. Right. It was, it was fun. Yeah, we learned a lot from them on that tour too. A lot of times now it feels like it's kind of this zero sum where we, where it, one person can't exist without the other person taking an L, right? Like only one can be the biggest or, and especially with women, it's always been historically that. Was there that sense of you guys being chosen over other female MCs or what was like sort of the dynamics of female MCs competition? Well, we were always the only women on every single tour. We were always the only females on tour. So we didn't really run up against that too much. But I would say, and I don't know if Pep would agree with me, that we've always kind of felt a little bit like outcasts because people couldn't like quite fit us in a category, you know? Um, and later on, obviously, you know, Light and Latifah and Missy and all of them definitely, you know, they always say like they were watching us and they always give respect to, you know, the fact that we inspired them. But we weren't a, around a lot of women. We were around men all the time. I remember being on tour and like, dad, you know, men have so much bravado in their voice and they're able to command a crowd like just by their manly presence. And because hip hop is so misogynistic, it's so testosterone driven that we used to have to go out there and go like twice as hard, you know, to get get the energy from the crowd that we needed. So that was always a challenge, but I also feel like it was kind of boot camp for us, you know, to make sure yeah. that when we when we step on the stage, we got our stuff together tight. Man, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only way, survival of the fittest. And to go up against the truest competition, which is like, doesn't it doesn't have to do with whether they're male or female, but who right. is the best, who is the greatest, who is the Well, the Run top. DMC was the top for me. Mm -hmm. Me too. And I see you guys as the Run DMCs. And I think everybody did. Mm -hmm. And to survive like you guys did, that's unprecedented. Mm -hmm. And to go from... Uh, your first record, your first album. I remember buying Black's Magic, and 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 just really analyzing everything about it—the song structure, the the, the tracks. Um, 
and then to go to what a man and to shoot and yeah. these things are like you were in uncharted territory and I know it had to be crazy I know it had to yeah. be rough like I said I saw the movie because I wanted to understand the behind the scenes story and, and see what it Mm-hmm. How, how did you guys what it took what it took to survive in this business it's, it's hard for anybody and to survive in it and to grow in it you guys opened up a, a lane for many to follow from Missy on down on, to on TLC up, and Destiny's to whoever's Child. out yeah. now yeah you know what I'm saying like it's undeniable I just feel like mm-hmm. this is this is a great moment to to have you guys here to talk to you guys. I kn- I know you've been on tour recently. I think with um probably Nelly and um yeah that was our European tour we just went to um with Nelly um he was with us and Shaggy and Nelly and Eve was on that tour and but we have a a tour coming up though like we going out uh. Uh, May 10th for like almost three months oh, with new kids on the block. We did that before with them in 2019. So we also in 2022. Right now we're going out again with them and also with Invo, Invo oh, wow. with us and um, Rick Ashley, he'll be part of oh, us. Wow. So you know what with Invo, I'm looking forward to because we're talking about all those songs too and What a Man you mentioned a few times. Yeah. And I think that also with us with Salt and Pepper, you know, we, we always ride with the ladies and, you know, and teach, you know, all the independence and empowerment and, you know, and health, like you said. But at the same breath, we also recognized our good men out there. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> we, we all, we had to celebrate. They are out there. Yeah. I ain't seen them. I didn't have the luxury. <laughs> About a couple of them I did. I have my baby daddies. But after that, that's it. I didn't have anybody else. That's because we had, we had bad pickers. We just had bad pickers. We got <laughs> Oh my God. My mom used to say to me, girl, you got to pick and pick to your pick shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, you know, well, life, row, life is about is learning. Be, yep. And I'll be there. I'll be front cheering row. y'all on. I got to come out, see you guys <laughs> out there, man, because I missed a lot. So I'm like, now to see you guys going back out, I'm like, yeah. good. I got a chance. I think good. that's what's that dope Let's about. Let's go to that show. Let's go. Let's go. I would, love to. I would love to. Well, we really appreciate your time. I mean, we knew that this was going to be special to be able to talk to y'all and get those stories and get the perspective. I mean, it really, truly is like the strongest of the strong survival of the fittest. Appreciate y'all. All right, y'all. See you soon. Love you guys. All right. On the next episode of The Bridge, we speak with Stretch and Bobbito. 89 was an incredible year for hip hop. And I felt like there was this whole generation of new artists and even records that I was finding on my own just by digging and going to record stores that you weren't hearing on these mix shows. And that was like the impetus for me to want to be on the radio because I felt like we could do something that was really different from the landscape. I was friends with this guy at WKCR and he knew there's a rap show on KCR. I thought you might be interested. And I was like, hold up, hold up, what? No, 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 that's my show. From Spotify, the executive producers are Gina Delvec and Jason Rodriguez, with additional production support from Leslie Guam and Andrea Salenzi. And special thanks to Courtney Holt, Jessica Dow, and everyone at Spotify who helped the bridge come to life. From Mass Appeal, the executive producers are myself, Nas, Peter Bittenbender, Jenya Meggs. 
Lead producer is Medina Prawana. And associate producer is Serge Jabrizia. Our writer is Gabe Alvarez. Samara Langa and Cliff Cristofaro are our editors. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.